another episode of the FPL Amateurs Voz podcast. Tonight on deck, I've got my usual suspect in a demo and special guest, the man, the myth, the legend, and Ollie Walker Peel is joining us tonight. How are you, fellas? Yeah, very well. Thank you, lads. Thanks for having us. Much appreciated. That's all good, mate. Got to spice things up, mate. Seeing you're on a roll this week. We had to get you on. Oh, mate, I had a class week this week. I'm sure we'll get on to it, but it's nice that you've caught me on a green arrow this week. You've obviously organised a couple of weeks in advance, but I've had a few red uh, a few red arrows, I think three in a row, and then finally on a green this week, a massive, massive green arrow, so absolutely buzzing, mate. Yeah, I've got um, some special contacts over at FPL, mate, so I made sure that you had a good week just so we could uh, start the pot on a good note, mate. Yeah, well, I mean, you've, you've, you've picked a good week. So I don't know how you've done it because I've had a couple of absolute shockers. Um, but, you know, we're here now. We're here with a green arrow um, and it's quality. So, you mean, you know, I'll take it and hopefully it's the first of a few to come. <laughs> well, uh, some of us weren't so fortunate this week. Um, my team ended up on 49 points with a massive zero from Saka this morning. Terrible Jimenez playing about two and a half minutes. Then I had Antonio who blanked and Ronaldo who blanked. But thanks to Captain Salah, he got me over the line. But, yeah, very disappointing week. I went from uh, ranked 58K back to 110K. So bit of a drop, but, yeah, not too bad. How about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, not too bad at all, actually. Um, not as Probably not as good as our guest, but uh, I ended up on uh, 62, took a minus uh, took a minus four, so um, ended up on 58. Uh, King Salah, you know, uh, 26 points, did, uh, did me no harm. Uh, my uh, defence did pretty well. You know, Sanchez, Livra, TAA, Cancelo all got six. So started off pretty well with Salah and the, and the um, back line, but then sort of fell away with, with the others, um, all blanking. But, uh, yeah, I've sort of – I had a small red uh, – sorry, a small green arrow. I'm – up to uh, 250k, um, my total points are 517. So I'm sort of staring you down a little bit, uh, sort of uh, crept up a little bit in the this week. So I'm hoping I can great gain a few more points on you and uh, overtake you as the king of the pod. <laughs> we'll see, mate. We'll see. <laughs> what about you, Ollie, mate? Um, you can touch on further. Well, I, I said I had, a, uh, um, you know, earlier in the day, a game week, a uh, green arrow of 270k, but it's more like 220k. Still absolutely buzzing, though. 66 points without the hit. Um, I mean, I had some great point scorers. Obviously, everyone and their nan, Captain Salah, and, you know, I did as well. It was really my defence that did the work for me. Sanchez, Duffy, Livermento, Trent. It was my three defenders and keeper all getting clean sheets. Um, I made a risky transfer, you know, on the home podcast. I got lambasted for it, going from Lukaku <laughs> to, to Vardy. And, and, you know, would you know it? Of course it worked. So able to shut up some of the critics, which was nice. Um, 630k in the game week. Huge green arrows from just just um, just outside the, sorry, just inside, I should say, the top 700k to uh, 467k. So 220k green arrows. Absolutely buzzing with this week. And like I say, long may it continue. Mate, that is great. And especially the uh, stick it to the rest of your mates with our body. I love it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, especially some veterans like uh, you know, there's some top there's t- top players on the FPL Addicts podcast that I'm on. Especially the guru that we all know about. He's played for like 18 years, and every time I say something to him, every time that I try and you know gloat, he'll he'll, he'll always turn up the next week. So I don't really want to do that, and I respect that he's you know a much more of a veteran FPL manager than I have uh, than I am. But even still, um, 
I got questions about the Vardy one. He actually backed me up, which was nice to see. Um, so he obviously knows what he's doing and and that's obviously good. But um, yeah, Vardy obviously doing well in the, in the Leicester win, scoring that goal to make it 3-2. So I had some solid contributors. It was annoying how I had the four players I had left uh, were Ben Rama, Antonio, Damari Gray and MacArthur on the on the Sunday and Monday and all of them blanked. So, if, you know, at least one of them had hit. Uh, I'd have been on for a monster score, but I can't complain too much, you know. Well, at least uh, MacArthur didn't get a red card for kicking off Saka's calf muscles. Oh, he should have done. He should have done. <laughs> anyway, I might get into the FPL Twitter template team this week. Um, a couple of aggressive transfers, which switched around the average plays in the league, which is probably from my doing when I rage traded out Alonso for Cancelo. So this week we had Sanchez, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, White, Livermento, Captain Salah, Saka, Imbermo, Lukaku, Antonio, and Jimenez. So finished the week on 50 points with the minus eight, which was the average across the league on people taking hits, and finished up going from 7.2k to 19.4k so a bit of a drop but uh as i've said every week it's absolutely smashing me and demo so can't complain too much about <laughs> that um heading into the fpl amateurs of oz league which i see you aren't in yet ollie so you need to hurry up and sign up mate so you can uh try get on top of me and demo in that league I do apologize i thought i was in there i'm so sorry i'll get on to that <laughs> <laughs> terrible mate terrible nah it's all good uh first place you got uh would you know it? The Kong FPL planner on 571 points. Uh, Brady's actually snuck back up into the top three. He's sitting in second on 567 points. And Isaac FC rounds out the top three with 561. And the weekly top score was Brady. Remember on last week's pod, Damo, he said he was going to be back in there. Well, he top scored <laughs> a 74 points. So smashed it out of the park. And I'm dropped down to 10th, which... As I've said every week, it's not good that it's my own league and I'm going terrible. And Damo, you're behind me on 16th, mate. So yeah, definitely uh, going good as well, mate. Gonna have to, gonna have to do something about that soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can buy a uh, a wild card or someone, mate. You can uh, pick your team up. <laughs> uh, that's your gig, mate. You're, you, you've been uh, trying to trying to do that all day on on Twitter. Yeah, if you if you lads if you lads give me the code, I actually wouldn't mind seeing the league to see where I would be placing. Um, I don't know if you've got it up on your screens now, so you can oh, check. Okay. But I've got it up on my screen. What's um uh what's your rank uh, score? Sorry, I'm on five oh three at the moment. Five oh three, that would place you uh twentieth. Oh, sorry, um twenty first spot at the moment. So league. still below, still below the pair of you, which is frustrating. <laughs> but look, you know, I've got time to to make that up. But you are decent FPL managers. Let's not get me wrong. And you know, if I can get on a, if I can get another green arrow, then uh, you know, and actually join the league, which I, I thought I was in. <laughs> I, I'm very sorry, but if I can actually join it, then we'll actually have like, a healthy competition for the rest of the season. In nice. all, in all honesty, anything can happen. It's still really early days. If you're in oh, yeah. and around, sort of, uh, in all honesty, if you're in and around the top million, a top um, five hundred thousand at the moment, uh, even top million. Uh, anything can happen. It's a it's a long season. It's a it's a, it's a very long season. So um, yeah, so a- anything can happen uh, at the moment. I'll just note, Ollie. Every guest that we've had on's done better than us every week. So you're keeping the trend going. <laughs> yeah, it's literally you know flying the flags for the guests. You know what I mean? It's like we're, we you know we're not doing too bad at the moment, and you know. 
if you'd have said that any other week other than this week, you'd have been able to rub it in my face. But you've just picked a bad week. You've just been quite unfortunate <laughs> in that regard. Um, but look, it's nice to say that I've had a decent week. It's nice to sit here and say, well, you know, I've actually made some good decisions because um, recently I haven't been able to. But uh, like I say, hopefully it continues. Um, I've already made my transfers. I'm sure we'll get onto those later. But I'm pretty happy with where our team sits at the moment. So I hope I can keep taking those green arrows and get up the mini leagues. No, nah, it definitely does make FPL a bit funner when um, you're going better. Like when you see the likes of Jimenez on the bench, it definitely <laughs> make, makes you sort of second guess whether you should be playing fantasy. Okay, might get into the week eight reviews. We'll start with Watford and Liverpool. I'll just start by saying Salah is an absolute freak. And if he's not win the Ballon d'Or, I'll be crying robbery. Um, the other players I sort of looked at in this game, Firmino, is he back to his best? Because he looked absolutely amazing up front there. And I guess to the uh, Joda owners, he could um, be keeping that spot on the starting lineup. Anything you'd like to add on that, Damo? Uh, yeah, for me, um, other than what you've mentioned, I am putting sort of Mane on the bit of the watch list um, for potential of uh, having uh, Salah Mane d- a double up at some stage. Uh, also, as a, a bit of an enabler, I really like Matip. I uh, believe he's only 5, <laughs> 5.0. Thanks, lads. Um, he's only 5.0. I've really enjoyed his game. He looks absolutely nailed um, down back. So, And also, as I sort of said last week, don't sleep on TAA. Um, he's quality. So uh, in terms of uh, Watford, I'd say start jumping off assets if you've got them. If you've got Foster, keep him. He's 4.0. Um, he's playing. He's a playing keeper. But... Uh, other than that, um, that's me. How about yourself, Ollie? I was actually quite surprised to see Ben Foster start over Backman. Um, I looked at the Watford team as it came out, and I saw that Ben Foster was starting. And, you know, I wonder what happened to Backman. I saw him on the bench, so I was like, you know, that's quite nice that we've got a four million goalkeeper playing. I had him on my bench because I started Sanchez over him, but look, he made a few decent saves. You know, it's hard to keep up with that Liverpool attack, so you can't really put much blame <laughs> on him. Even the goal for the, the the third one that Liverpool scored, where he just parried into Fino's path, he had to make the save. It was just unfortunate that Firmino was there. So yeah, I agree with holding on to him. Hopefully starts again this week because I want to start him uh, with yep. Sanchez having having uh, Man City. But I agree with the fact that like you know outfield assets you could maybe have a look at Saar. But you know outside of that, there's really no one relevant for Watford other than Saar and, and obviously Foster, which we mentioned. So you know um, with Liverpool, you know mentioned Firmino, he could be an interesting one to look at. Three goals and an assist is nothing to be sniffed at. Mohamed Salah is probably the best player in the world. At the, uh, at the moment, not only in the Premier League, not only in FPL, but probably in the world at the moment. So to have him captain, I think he's just a set and forget in the game at the moment because he's unbelievable. His goal against Watford was a joke. Like to be able to yeah. watch him, it's just, you just sit back and just think, wow, like we're privileged to sit here and watch him because um, that goal was unbelievable. He's such a great player to watch, Mohamed Salah, and you've got him in your team if for some reason you don't have him already. <laughs> just delete that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and I, I agree um, in terms of Salah. If, if anyone did get rid of him, just um, I think that's your season done. I uh, <laughs> Moving on to the next game, I've got the next game, uh, Southampton versus Leeds. Uh, a Brohart goal, Redmond assist. Uh, for myself, uh, in terms of Southampton, I'm not looking at anyone uh, apart, uh, apart from Livra. Um, I've already got him on my side, so he's sort of staying in there, playing when you need him. Uh, obviously, he's a really good asset to have, especially when you know one of the either the Chelsea uh, big boys or the 
uh, Man City big boys decides to get, uh, you know, uh, Pepper left or, you know, arrested or whatever the case may be. So he just um, bobs up and uh, scores, uh, not all, he scores his FPL points. So uh, quite like uh, Livermento. Uh, in terms of leads, they're still ravaged by injuries down back. You know, Bamford's still out. Uh, the only person uh, worth keeping uh, in terms of the leads, they've still got a great uh, run. You know, Wolves, Norwich, uh, Leicester, Tottenham, uh, Brighton. So they've still got a really good run. But I'm only looking at Rafinha in terms of um, keeping uh, Leeds players until they get their full complement, uh, especially down back. Um, they're a no-go uh, other, than, other than Rafinha. Um, how about uh, yourself, uh, uh, yourself, guys? Um, Quentin, you want to go first? Yeah, mate. Um, I might just touch on uh, Redman. He um, looked absolutely... Um, on fire up front. They played him, I think, as the second striker up front because they decided to put Armstrong on the bench for some reason. And um, he looked really good. He was on set pieces as well, which is another bonus. And at that 5.9, he could be maybe someone to look at as a differential pick. But, I mean, at the moment, they're not looking great in attack. But, um, yeah, love the Livramento shout. I think he's a must if you're wanting to sort of use him as an enabler to get in those higher price assets. And then also with Leeds... Can only entertain Rafinha. Maybe Bamford when he comes back and he strings a few games together and he looks fully healed from his injury. But, yeah, apart from that, I probably wouldn't be getting anyone else in. Um, what about you, Ollie? Yeah, on the Armstrong one, like I, you know, I've said it a lot over spaces and podcasts and whatever, but as a Blackburn fan, it's about the only thing that makes me relevant in FPL and talking about Rovers is Adam Armstrong. <laughs> you know, as someone who watched Rovers, you know, 40, I think it was 43 league games I watched last season. I obviously watched a lot of Adam Armstrong. He just doesn't look like it in the Premier League. Like in the Championship, he had it all to his mercy. You know, he could shoot from anywhere. You know, sometimes, you know, most of the times they would go in. He missed a lot of big chances for us. He could have had 40 if he converted some of the chances that he missed. But the thing is, he just shoots. And a lot of the time, the shots don't go in. He, he's not too bad off the ball. He presses well. But I feel like the games are going past him at the moment to the point where I don't think he's as relevant as I thought he was going to be. I really want to see him do well because he did so much for us. But. Um, I don't think he's relevant at the moment. I think Quang He Chan's a better option. Tony's a better option. There's probably a couple of others that you can name. Um, so I agree with the Southampton thing. I think, you know, again, another one, Livermento is a little bit like salaries. He's a must-have, isn't he, really? At the price, you can still jump on him and, and get something from him. And Leeds, we had the whole Rafinha tracker during the week, which was fun. Um, I haven't got him or any Leeds asset for that, uh, for that matter. I don't think I will be. Um, maybe if I need another midfielder, I might go to Rafinha, but, you know, they're not in my long-term plans, to be honest. Yeah, I was kind of hoping um, Rafinha had his boots on the plane and he was ready to get off and run to the ground and jump on the field, but, yeah, <laughs> didn't happen like that. Yeah, it's it's one of those. It was fun seeing through the week, wasn't it? Because it was like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Um, but I think when he plays, he's leads, you know, main avenue to goal. So um, it'd be interesting to see if he um, gets a run soon enough. I don't think he was ever actually playing. Um, it it was cutting it too fine. Like I think it was thirty six hours from when he boarded the plane. So that I don't think there was any chance in hell that um, he was going to play. Um, but um, look, look forward to him playing this week and uh, potentially tearing it up. I reckon. Yeah. Well, no, no. the thing is, you say that you say that about uh, Rafinha. Sorry, at Quentin, but no, it's all good. Douglas Louise had the same turnover, and he played for, for Aston Villa. Mm. Yeah, so, but it's 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 an odd one. It's an odd one because I think, if I'm not mistaken, Rafinha's still in um, quarantine. 
Is he yeah, not? I actually read something about that today. Hey, I read something about that on Twitter that he's still in quarantine, so I don't know what's going on there. But he's, he should definitely be back um, this week anyway, so. I'd hope so. Like, it was funny watching the plane tracker. It almost looked like when you fly international that has that plane on the map and you watch it slowly going across the ocean. <laughs> but um, anyway, we might get into match of the round, Norwich versus Brighton. It was a riveting watch, um, to say the least. A couple of players that I was looking at was Sargent. He was shooting on sight. Everything that went near his foot, he was shooting, which he actually probably should have finished two easy goals, but um, didn't put enough power on one of those kicks and uh, got cleared off the line. But I think if you were looking for an enabler, uh, even with that, uh, the dude from Wolves, he Chang Wang. Um, <laughs> So, um, he's around that price, 5.4, but, I mean, Norwich's attack doesn't look great, but he did look like he was going to score. So I think in these easier matchups, he could be an enabler that you could have there and start at least for the next three to four games anyway. And Cucurella from Brighton, he's backed up his last two performances if another good performance. Even though he didn't get the attacking return, he still managed to get a lot of crosses into the box, uh, get down that wing and link up with play. I think he had, uh, where was it? Um, Yeah, three chances created and two crosses. So I think if you're wanting to try differential play, um, he is at 5.0, so he's a bit more expensive than the sort of the 4.5, but I think he's a good differential play if you're looking to buy into that uh, Brighton defense without going Duffy or Sanchez. What about you, Damo? Anything else you'd like to add, mate? Uh, and in terms of um, this game, I, I can't see myself buying anyone from Norwich or Brighton at the moment. Uh, with uh, Man City and Liverpool to come for Brighton, uh, the defensive assets are just um, not, I don't believe, are relevant at the moment. I think in three weeks' time, once they sort of start having a little bit better run, you know, potentially looking at Dunkel Duffy. Uh, as sort of cheap enablers. But um, when you've got, as I sort of said earlier, when you've got um, Liverpool players like uh, Matip who are 5.0, you sort of, um, if uh, you look, you're sort of comparing, uh, you know, Matip to uh, Kukurella or, you know, Dunk or Duffy, that doesn't compare. doesn't compare in terms of that um, Liverpool um, defence over... Uh, over Brighton, so I'm not really looking at anyone at the moment for uh, either uh, either sides. Uh, how about yourself, Oli? Um, I've obviously got both Sanchez and Duffy at the moment. I'm just going to put them up, put those on the bench and keep hold. I don't want to transfer them out, um, but yeah, that's the problem because they've been so good for me. But obviously, the runner fixtures, you know, um, they're not great at the moment. Norwich are like Sunday League in comparison to the rest <laughs> of the teams, so there's there's no way I'm going with any Norwich asset. Um, and of course. Um, if you're going to have me on the podcast, obviously, you know, if we're going to talk about Brighton, Quentin, we have to mention Danny Welbeck, don't we? The FPL God. <laughs> mate, I, lo- I love it. I love me some Danny Welbeck, mate. Uh, if People might not understand the reference, but uh, it was just from a draft league or, or from a space we did a little while ago, uh, pardon, where I just mentioned Danny Welbeck as a potential option and I got absolutely slated for it. And then everyone, everyone slated for me. Uh, everyone slated it, um, slated the pick other than, than Quentin, who, who backed me up, which was brilliant. But I, in all seriousness, I won't be going Danny Welbeck or any other Brighton <laughs> asset or any Norwich asset. So I think this game is about as FPL relevant as Blackburn is at the moment, which is absolutely none at all. <laughs> well, um, on a side note, Damo, before we get on to the next game, um, 
I'd hate to do it to you, but uh, Kenny McLean mate almost got an assist on the weekend, so I was almost <laughs> going to trot on here like King. Mate, of the you're going to hold. You're going to hold onto him for thir- uh, you or not hold onto him because you don't have him, but you're going to hold onto that uh, <laughs> that potential for 38 game weeks and every week you're going to say the same thing. Mate, he's uh, due. He's due for the to- next. 32 yeah. game week. <laughs> well, anyway, next next game is mine. That's um, Villa Wolves. Uh, it was a really good game. Uh, I watched this one. It's uh, in terms of uh, Villa. Uh, the only ones I'm sort of looking at. I know they've got a little bit of a toughish run uh, in Arsenal West Ham uh, next, but then sort of it opens up a little bit. Um, it's tough because, you know, you've got like Ings, Watkins. Obviously, Ings played well uh, this game. Uh, Watkins, I think, scored a few points. But, uh, yeah, so they, for me, they're just both not cheap enough to justify over what you can potentially have at sort of that Ings price. Um, in terms of Wolves, um, I really like Sace's game. But, um, you know, like I've been burnt by Wolves defenders. You know, I brought in, brought in Wolves defender, didn't play well, um, and then obviously got rid of the Wolves defenders for, for Chelsea defenders, and that's not really had me any good. So I'm not going to really go back to the well, but uh, Sace, I think, is a pretty decent option. Uh, in terms of uh, up forward, you know, Jimenez, I think it was just a rest, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you boys can sort of uh, have your say on that one in, mo- in a moment. Um, Huang is, a, you know, it's looking as a great downgrade potentially for Lukaku to get KDB. No, obviously not this week, but maybe in two or three weeks once um, Chelsea's fixtures sort of turn or, you know, like even if you wait a week, have a look at Lukaku, you know, if Lukaku blanks against Norwich of all teams, um, it might be potentially time to, to get onto the KDB train and uh, do that through Huang. Um, how about yourself, uh, Q? Yeah, it was a great start of the night um, when I realised Jimenez was getting benched. It was um, it was great. <laughs> um, in regards to Ings and Watkins, I thought that Ings did outshine Watkins a bit um, in attack there, which obviously doesn't help my case for Watkins when I was looking at getting him in in a few weeks. But McGinn flashed, but I'd just like to warn everyone, don't get suckered in because I did the same thing last year and he had two good games and then blanked for the rest of the season. So definitely don't fire too early on him. And in regards to the Wang, I, I love the shout, mate. Downgrade to a bit of Wang and then you can get your KDB in. So great strategy. What about you, Ollie? Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of the same to be honest with uh, with with Wolves and Villa. I'm not really looking at either team too much. I mean, I do like the look of Leon Bailey once he returns back from injury, um, and he was one player that I was gonna sort of bring in before he then got injured. But otherwise, I'm not too sure. Um, can you trust the Wolves defense? I know two Wolves um, defenders obviously scored in Sice and, and Cody, but. Um, you know, I'm. You know, they're still conceding to every week, and you don't. You don't see Sice and Cody getting on the score sheet every week. So, Wolves, I think I'm going to stay clear of. Jimenez is a potential option, possibly, but I think there are some strikers. You know, that I've got ahead of him in the pecking order at a similar price. So I'm going to stay clear of probably both. Uh, Ings and Watkins, whether they play together well enough as a two, we'll have to wait and see. Because that's a new sort of experiment that Dean Smith's trying, but. Um, We'll have to wait and see how they how they work together as a pair because they've never really had the chance. Um, yeah, from there, I don't think there's anything too relevant 
uh, from either side. Huang Yi Chan is is the only other one. I think at his price, he's decent. He's scoring goals. It's great to see uh, the Korean commentators go absolutely mental when he scores. It's one, of the, <laughs> it's one of the best things about this season so far is seeing the Korean commentators just get so excited when he scores. It's brilliant. I think he's a good FPL asset at his price, but otherwise I wouldn't be going anywhere uh, near Wolves at the moment. Do you think uh, Potence is going to threaten the likes of Jimenez or do you think that he's sort of just going to interchange in that wing spot with like the likes of Traore and um, Trinkeo? You're not playing, you're not playing Podence as a nine. No, I don't think he's going to threaten Jimenez at all. Yeah, I don't good. think he offers the quality that Jimenez does as well as, as a striker. As a winger, he's quick, but he's not, he's not a number nine, is he? He's not good in the air. He's not lethal. He's, he's not going to threaten Jimenez unless there's a change of shape, which I don't yep. see. No, that's all right. Yeah, just, I saw him pop his head on the field and I sort of thought I was wondering who he's going to take off because they've got that Trinkeo, they've got Traore, then they've got Huang. So sort of a bit of a messy situation there, but I, I'm pretty sure Huang's now. I don't think they're going to take him off the field, not with how he's playing. No, I, I think Huang, I think Huang's nailed. Um, I think, that, you know, he's popping up with a couple of goals here and there. Um, I don't think there's any reason to drop him. Um, so... If Potence isn't, is it? If Potence is going to threaten Jimenez, uh, sorry, I, I think it would be a change of shape. I don't see. I think Jimenez offers too much to, to drop into someone like Potence. And if it is someone threatening Jimenez, it's definitely not Potence for me. Um, you know, you could think Fabio Silva if Jimenez falls out of form, but it's definitely not because of Daniel Potence, in my opinion. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. Uh, we might get into the Leicester and Man United game. Well, as a Man United fan, this is an absolute cracking game for. The likes of the goals, but that's where it stopped. Man United were just horrible this game. I sort of, I wish I could get my two hours sleep back before work that I missed out on. But anyway, um, a couple of plays that sort of piqued my interest was um, Tillman's. He, the last three games, he's had 14 crosses, 10 shots, 10 chances created, 250 touches, one goal and one assist, which at his price point at 6.4, that is absolutely insane value. So, Definitely thought he was absolutely slain us in the midfield and the likes of uh, Fred and I think Mick Tomine come on in the second half. Yeah, we just looked absolutely average. And Rashford was back from injury, which I didn't think he was playing this game, but um, he come on the field, scored a goal straight away. So if he does manage to get back into that starting side, which I see probably starting for Sancho because Sancho has been pretty poor to be honest so if he does end up getting that starting role when their fixtures open back up I reckon he's a good alternative to Ronaldo and Bruno um, apart from that apart from the Vardy party obviously we've spoken on him before he's I think he's a better option than Lukaku from, in my opinion but um, might hand over to you Damo you might have something else to say mate yeah well firstly I just wanted to say to, to you Quentin I told you so in terms of uh... <laughs> Uh, lesser beating Man United. Well, I didn't think they'd beat you, but uh, I did say that um, you would be vulnerable um, with your injuries down back. But uh, in saying that, Maguire started and he probably shouldn't have because he was rubbish. That goal that uh, he conceded was woeful. Like I, I think um, my Sunday league side would do better than um, what he did down back, but it's uh, another story. Um in terms of the the assets themselves, uh, you know, uh, I'll start with Leicester. You know, every, everyone I think is going to say Tillemans, but I actually had my eye on Perez. Um, I believe he's he's coming back from injury. I, he got about twenty minutes. Um, I think he played well, so 
I, um, I'm going to keep my eye on him, but uh, in saying that, I know during the week uh, his manager's comments probably haven't gone down too well, given that um, his manager's trying to pawn him off to, to Newcastle at the moment. So <laughs> it's a bit of a watch and see, I think, with him. Um, it can go sort of one of two ways. Either uh, Leicester can sort of say, well, you know, if you want to go, go. Um, or they can sort of put a bit of a rocket up him and go, well, if, uh, if you want to go, you have to... Um, perform so sort of a wait and see with here with him um definitely Barty is still a great option you know the the fixtures um you know Brentford Arsenal Leeds Chelsea Watford uh even the Chelsea game you know like Vardy when he's on form he's un, he's unplayable he's a he you know like I know he's sort of getting on an age but um you know if you would have started Vardy at the start of the season uh, would have been a bit of a party for you guys. So um, yeah, so I, th- I think I think you're right in terms of the the Vardy pick over Lukaku at the moment. Um, in terms of Man United, I think it's just time to say goodbye to all Man United assets. Um, they've got uh, quite a hard fixture run coming up. You know, Liverpool, Tottenham back in form this week. You know, Man City. Uh, I think they should get over Watford, but uh, then they got Chelsea. So four, four out of the next four out of the next five are going to be significantly uh, difficult games for for Man United. And I was sort of I was listening to a pod during the week that was actually talking sort of in depth about Man United. And I think Man United's big problem is they just they don't have that sort of midfield bull like they used to, like with a Roy Keane or you know someone who just controls that midfield. Um, and I, I don't know if um, uh, you can sort of talk about that a uh, bit, Q, but um, I think that's what you're missing. Like, uh, that's the reason why Man United probably not going to be in contention for any sort of titles or anything like that, but uh, this or this season anyway, until you sort of fix that issue um, yeah. in that midfield spot. Yeah, no, I thought I listened, I listened to the same pod as you, I think, mate. <laughs> um, I think uh, Paul Scholes is the type of midfielder that we need, someone that's sort of gritty, not too flashy, but just does their job, which, yeah, we don't have that at the moment. And, and when they drop Pogba back there, he tries to do it, but he's it just feels like he's playing out of position. So I think that's a big issue. And then also to touch on Maguire, I just, I just wish he'd told the uh, – Ole that he uh, wasn't fit enough to play, so would have helped mm. us a bit. What about <laughs> you, Ollie? Yeah, I think even someone like Michael Carrick, you, you know, we're sleeping on Michael Carrick a bit. I mean, everyone sleeps on Michael Carrick, but he would be a good player to just get back in if you get him in his prime because you do need a midfield general that you don't have at the moment. In terms of in terms of Rashford, you point before, I knew he was coming back in because bloody whoever managed them against, against because we played a closed doors friendly at Old Trafford between Rovers and, and Man U, and I think he played that game and Everyone was saying, like, you know, you're playing Van der Beek, Rashford and Greenwood in the friendliest Rovers, like, you, and they won three. You know, that's a bit unfair. Um, but I knew that Rashford was going to come in. Um, like I say, I, I've brought Vardy in this week. Um, and I'm getting Ronaldo out. This, uh, sorry, I brought, obviously, Vardy in for, for this game against United. And for the forthcoming game week, I'm getting rid of Ronaldo. So I'm jumping off the assets. I actually disagree with your point about Lukaku and Vardy. I think Lukaku is a better option this week. I mean, I, I have my foot in both camps now because I, I have brought Lukaku uh, <laughs> in. But I think his fixture is too good to ignore and his run is too good to ignore. Um, if you have a look at Chelsea's run at the moment, obviously they've got Norwich this week. They're the most hapless defence in the league, in my opinion, personally. And you yeah. go forward from there. You look at their run past that. Newcastle, they're woeful. Burnley are woeful. Leicester, United, Watford, West Ham, 
Then they're into Leeds, Everton, Wolves. They've got such a good run of fixtures even still. And you can't ignore the Norwich fixture. So if I'm saying one or the other, I'm taking Lukaku 100% over Vardy. But I mean, I'll have both. So I can't complain. <laughs> Some of us aren't rich like that, mate. Some of us are trying to find the spare change under the couch. Yeah, I suppose so. But um, but no, I think I think if you can get to, to Lukaku, you've got to get to Lukaku. Mm. Um, oh, Ollie, I, I agree with you in terms of um, Lukaku probably being the best option. Like, he's probably going to be my captain this week. But the thing that I can sort of see in terms of uh, Chelsea themselves, Chelsea are playing well and Lukaku is not scoring. Um, you know, come, come Norwich... I can see a scenario where Chelsea win 5-0. Lukaku doesn't get onto the, the score sheet. So if that's the case, then we do need to, even if, you know, Chelsea are playing well and they're playing, you know, bad teams, if Lukaku's not getting that look in the way that Chelsea are playing, because I think that they're playing fairly defensively, um, that's when I was uh, – that's sort of what – what I'm saying about potentially looking elsewhere in terms of a Vardy, in terms of a KDB with a bit of a switch up um, in the midfield. So, uh, but you're you're 100% right in terms of Lukaku probably being the best option and probably being the best captaincy option this week. Um, I think this Lukaku, you know, thing at the moment, the, the quandary with Lukaku, um, I think has a lot of parallels to Harry Kane. Because yeah. obviously he mm. was on the Tottenham side you know, that were playing okay. They were maybe not playing as well as Chelsea are, but still, you know, getting results. Um, and he wasn't scoring goals. And then he plays a team like Newcastle, who are absolutely dreadful. Just like Lukaku is playing a Norwich team that are absolutely dreadful. And he hauls. And I can see mm. Lukaku doing the same. I think it's the exact same. I've he, he, I brought him in already. It's Tuesday. This is the confidence I have. It's Tuesday. They've still got Champions League game against Malmo, and I've thrown the armband on him. Like he's gonna do well this week, and I think he will get 10, 10 plus points. Yeah, I hope so. No, I, I I could see a reality where he gets three goals and an assist this week. But I'm sort of the only reason I'm sort of looking away from him is I'm really wanting to get KDB in, and the only way I can get him in is sacrificing Lukaku. But who knows? I'll I'll probably just panic and then get Lukaku in on Friday. But I, I even think maybe uh, Werner could be a good um, recipient of uh, Lukaku as well. Possibly maybe Lukaku getting assists and Werner actually getting the goals if he can finish. No, I think you're wrong there. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Werner experiment was potentially last week and that's done now. I think it's a, it's Lukaku or no one um, up, up forward. Anyway, I have the uh, privilege of the next game, which is uh, Man City versus Burnley. Uh, in terms of a Man City, uh, their run is turning around uh, now. This sort of it doesn't really matter who they play, really, because it's Man City. But uh, in t- in terms of Man-, Man City themselves, I was really surprised that Diaz got benched this week. Uh, I know a lot of managers that brought in Diaz thinking that he was the nailed one. So it just goes to prove, you know, we're, we're, Pep actually outpepped himself this week by, by benching Diaz, starting Cancelo. <laughs> um, so it's just, it's a, again, it's a bit of a roulette back there. But uh, in terms of who I'm sort of looking at, you know, if Stones can actually stay in this in the side, 5.3, I want to see what he does the next few weeks. I'm not bringing him in by any stretch of the means, but, uh, you know, if it wasn't a one-week stint, 
I think Stones might be um, someone who we sort of just put on the watch list. Laporte was solid. You know, he's, he's 5.5, uh, solid player. You know, Man City will pick up clean sheets. Uh, but in terms of uh, the interesting part, it's the midfield. Uh, KDB, I reckon, if you haven't, you know, if you haven't got him, uh, he's, I think he's only 3% owned. He's going to be a massive differential. He's going to be potentially a captain shout every week. Um, the only problem, and I think, and as I've sort of said in past pods, the only problem is when do we jump off other players to get him? Because, you know, we've all sort of got Lukaku or Ronaldo. We've all got Salah. You know, where's his money coming from? So um, that's sort of our dilemmas in sort of getting uh, KDB. I really like Bernardo. I think um, our good friend, the Plonker, shouted him out. It wasn't, I think it was last week. Um, He's great. You know, 7.0, he's fairly nailed. Um, And if he can keep up that performance, um, I think he's the one I'd potentially grab if I can't afford KDB. Um, Foden played well as well, but um, but definitely uh, keeping my eye on Bernardo. Um, or KDB if uh, Lukaku spuds it up again. Uh, how about yourself, Q? Yeah, no, nah, definitely KDB. He looked decent. Silver looked pretty awesome. And Ken Sello probably should have had a goal as well. So I definitely still like my shout of going Ken Sello over Diaz. Um, in regards to Burnley, um, Christmas Wood could be a nice differential pick. Um, might get you to touch on that further, Ollie. Um, well, I, I've got a rule as, as a Blackburn fan. I'm not bringing any Burnley players in. That's the rule I've had, you know, for you know for a while. So even if a Burnley player was to score 38 game weeks in a row, I'm getting any in. Um, everyone on my, on my home podcast, uh, Phil Alex podcast, was saying bring Chris Wood in. I'm like, lads, you, I, you know, I hate to say it, but I told. In fact, I love to say it, but I told you so. Told you so. That's what you get for bringing a Burnley player in. Um, so that's why, hence why none of these, you know, this game again is not relevant for me because I've, I've not owned a Man City asset all season um, just because of Pep Roulette. Um I think there are better assets than De Bruyne at the moment in the midfield, and it's just a question of who you're going to jump off. You know, you're not going to jump off Salah. I think Mane is a better option than De Bruyne is. I think Bruno Fernandez is still a good option. So are you going to move off him uh, in terms of? Up top, you're not going to jump off someone like the Kaku. So KDB might be a good shout, might be a good differential, mm. but it's just a case of building him back to form. Obviously, a good result against Burnley. I mean, again, it's Burnley. <laughs> like, come on, come on. Um, but you know, De Bruyne might be a good option. I don't mind it. Yeah, no, I um, I got that uh, inside info off the Guru, mate. So he said that um, you were a keen uh person on the Christmas wood. So. Mate, honestly, honestly, Chris Wood, what does he offer? Like, yeah, this is the point. This is why I see Burnley going down this season. Because every time they've they've had a striker, right? They've had a striker who's chips in every season they've been in the league. You think of your Ashley Barnes, your Andre Gray's going back a few seasons. You've got your Danny Ings. Burnley don't have any relevant FPL assets other than Josh Brownhill, who sits on the bench for four point five million. Like, they've got absolutely no one that's relevant in FPL or in football in general. So that's the thing for me. They'll probably be in the championship next season and don't bring in any Burnley assets. And I'm, I, I'm slightly biased being a Blackburn fan who hates Burnley. But I think genuinely, <laughs> there's, there's no one worth it anyway. No, as I said in last week's pod, the only uh, thing that they offer is defence and their defence hasn't been great. So 
they're in the bottom three. And <laughs> the only teams that are worse than them at the moment are a Newcastle side who who haven't got a win yet. I mean, Burnley haven't got a win yet either. Let's, let's, let's just put that out there. But the Newcastle side who employ Javier Manquillo at right back and Jamal Lascelles, who's fit about 10% of the time, and a Norwich team who are going to be the new Derby. Norwich walked, <laughs> Derby walked so Norwich could run. It's like, they, they look shocking at the moment to Burnley, and it's, it's great to see. I'm just glad how much um, how long we spent talking about Burnley, mate. All the Burnley fans are going to be frothing when they listen to oh, this pod. Oh, 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 all two of them. <laughs> um, we might get on to Brentford and Chelsea. Um, this was a mixed emotion to me just because I really I had Alonso in, traded him out, and thought, you know, mate, I'll see how um, that situation goes this week. And uh, Chilwell started and managed to get on the score sheet again. And... Um, Another person I was looking at was a buy-in to the Chelsea defensive out rotation. That was Mendy. He made six saves, nine um, six saves in the game, and pretty much kept Chelsea in that game. Because if it wasn't for him, I'd say they're probably losing that game right at the end there. And um, in the likes of Chilwell, we had nine crosses and eighty-two touches, which is absolutely insane for a fullback. And from Brentford, I sort of in Bermo was playing crossbar challenge for most of that game, so. For the people that had him, would have been absolutely filthy. But I reckon for the next few weeks, he's definitely a good target to bring in. What about you, Damo? Uh, yeah, so if you've got two free um, trades and you've got nothing else to do and you've got no issues, <laughs> I would potentially, and you've got Sanchez, I'd potentially move to Raya if you've got nothing else to do and you're just going to waste it. Uh, if you're on wild card, I'd potentially go Raya uh, given um, their their run. Uh, other than that, in terms of Brentford, obviously Wembo and Tony, who you already touched on, uh, great options. Uh, I'll be bringing one of them in. Um, I'm not going to double up. I'm bringing one of them in uh, potentially in the next couple of weeks. In terms of Chelsea, again, as um, Ollie said before, uh, previously, you know, they've, they've, their run is amazing. Um, the piece of advice that I'm going to give uh, is don't be so eager to discard Chelsea assets, especially down back. Um, just I think we need to wait it out. I know I've sort of been uh, had an itchy f- finger with uh, previous assets, uh, you know, for both Wolves and and other teams, and then, you know, they've come out um, and fired up. So I think we need to sort of uh, almost log out of the uh, FPL and just uh, give it a couple of weeks just to see how uh, Chelsea goes. I think if you've got any one of the Chelsea defensive lineup, keep them. Chilwell, um, if he keeps starting over Alonso, it's another brainer. You go from Alonso to Chilwell. But um, obviously you want to see if Chilwell... He's uh, keep starting over over Alonso. Aspie at 6.1, still great. Um, in terms of differential budget option, Christensen at 5.1, I think is a really good option. Um, uh, and then, as Ollie said before, you know, you keep Lukaku. He's a great option, a great captaincy option this week. And, um, and yeah, uh, any, anything to add, Ollie, about that? Um, I mean, at the moment, there's a lot of players that are kind of relevant. Again, David Rea is a goalkeeper that, you know, being a, being an academy graduate of Rose, I know a bit about, like, 
at Blackburn, he was would always would make some amazing saves. It was always very error prone. And now, you know, since that playoff final mistake against Fulham, he's sort of got the errors out of his game, but he's still making some unbelievable saves. So I think Ray is a good option at 4.5 and he's alongside the likes of Guaita and Ramsdale that you can get at the same price. So I think Brentford's defence is looking decent with how well they're doing at the moment. Um, I would probably have Raya alongside Sanchez and you have 2.4.5 goalkeepers if you can afford that. Maybe not over Sanchez, alongside. Similarly, I wouldn't go two assets. Well, I mean, I wouldn't go two assets for, for Brentford in attack, especially if you are bringing in David Raya in net. I wouldn't have three goalkeeper, uh, three Brentford assets, sorry. Mm. Um, and Buemo and Antonio both very, very good options in their own right. I could see you doubling up if you don't go Raya. But if you're going to go David Raya, only go one attacker because I don't trust Brentford that much tripling up. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. And um, about the goalkeeper call, mate, there was another person on this podcast that did that exact <laughs> strategy, mate, and just couldn't pick the right goalkeeper each week. <laughs> uh, it can happen that way sometimes, can't it? It can happen that way. But I think that, at that point, if you're going to do that, you've just got to trust fixtures, don't you? It's, it's all a case of fixtures. Like form goes out the window. It's just a case of who has the better fixture on the day. Uh, you could plan it so you rotate the two. That's a strategy that a lot of FPL managers have used in the past, like just to rotate the two and, and roll with that. So that's something that could be done, I suppose. Yeah, no, 60% of the time it works every time. So <laughs> good I've, I've always said, and um, this is sort of one of my rules, um, that you don't do the, the swap, the 4.5 swaps. You just stick to one keeper and just um, if bad features, good features, it just doesn't matter because... Um, as uh, Quentin sort of found out, you never sort of get it right. Um, yes, but yes, <laughs> but um, but you know, if you, if you've got the cash there and you can do it potentially, but I've never really, really been a huge fan of it. Um, I'll move on to the next game. That's uh, my one. We've got uh, Everton versus West Ham. Very happy West Ham supporter here, um, given that Everton give a, has have given us so much trouble. Uh, over the years, uh, just uh, they always sort of seem to be able to beat us, but uh, it was good to sort of get one back on them. Uh, in terms of uh, evident assets, there's a bit of breaking news. I was just um, over on Twitter and uh, Decore has broken his foot. So he's going to face a lengthy stint on the sidelines. So it's, I think it's uh, something with evident and broken foots that go hand in hand uh, or foot and foot. Uh, so I would not be bringing in any, um, evident assets at this point. I know their run is not that bad, but, uh, I think if you, if you've got Gray, if you've got, obviously you sell Decore, but if you've got, uh, Townsend, you keep them, but, um, I wouldn't be bringing anyone in from, from Everton. In terms of West Ham, you know, the turn of fixtures are upon us, um, uh, the only one I would potentially keep, because I feel like he's a season keeper, is Antonio. If he's, as long as Antonio is not injured, um, I th- he always gets chances. Like even in that game, I know he blanked in um, in the Everton game, but he was he was thereabouts. You know, he uh, he could have had one or two goals in that game. And um, so I feel like he's just a season keeper. I just keep him in. You play him. Um, you play him in the in the good fixtures. I don't know about benching him, but uh, yeah, like for me at the moment, I'm keeping Antonio, and then potentially getting rid of Ben Rama. Uh, in terms of 
uh, other West Ham assets. As I sort of shouted out um, a couple of weeks ago, Bowen is a great option. Um, he's uh, 6.3, plays in that front third. Uh, he's, uh, he's a bit of a um, uh, maverick in terms of, you know, he's, he's speedy, he, he can get goals. I think he's sort of that complete player. Um, you know, uh, there were rumours that Liverpool uh, potentially wanted him. He's, he's a great player, you know what I mean? And if you want someone who is that little bit of a differential, um, you go him, um, potentially go him over Ben Rama. But uh, as I said, at this point, I think, you keep Antonio and then just wait until the fixtures turn again and potentially bring in another West Ham asset then. Um, how about yourself, uh, Q? Uh, just touch on Decore. He's in your team, isn't he? Or yeah, he, he is. Team. He is. Yeah, he's, he's in my team, but I, I think I'm just going to bench him this week. I think I, I've got enough coverage and then um, have a look at uh, how we go in the next um, in the next week or so. Might have been the weight of expectation, mate, that broke his foot. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only sort of asset I was looking at from either side was obviously Antonio. I'm going to keep him at least for the next few weeks just to see see how that goes. He did have four shots and three chances created with one big chance missed. So it's not like he he blanked completely. But, yeah, definitely, hopefully uh, in the next couple of weeks we're going to see the old Antonio back. But, yeah, apart from that, I'm not really entertaining anyone else. What about you, Ollie? I love the Jarrod Bowen pick. Um, he's, he is a class player, right? Um Demian, he doesn't get the respect he deserves at all. Um, he's mm. a quality player, especially when he gets on the ball. He's quick. He's tricky. Um, you know, he's known to get a flurry of goals and assists. And you know, in the championship, he has been seen to carry teams on his back. And obviously, he's not required to do that at West Ham. He's a bit more, you know, he's able to be free. Um, and I think when he gets out there, he, he does well. So I love that Jared Bowen pick as a potential differential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in there. Um, didn't plan for that to happen, but there you go. Um, <laughs> Yeah, don't mind it. Um, I think, obviously, I've got Ben Rama and Antonio. Um, I don't really want to move them on because they've got, you know, West Ham, as you know, Demo. They've got a shocking, shocking run. But I think I'm just going to hold them out through it because um, they've got that really, really nice sea of green um, just before Christmas. And they've got a few decent fixtures in the middle anyway. So I'm just going to keep hold uh, and roll with it because I think on form, those two, when they get there, they're like the, you know, the, the budget version of Son and Kane in previous years because they assist each other, they help each other out, and it's class. So I'm going to keep those two and then see where I get to. That's a decent shout, mate. I um, might get on to Newcastle and Tottenham. I actually tipped uh, Tottenham to just win this game in a bit of an arm wrestle, but they sort of look like they dominated Newcastle a fair bit. And although Kane did play good, I don't think he's back to his best just yet, but I think he's trending in the right direction so he has lost a bit of value has he dropped below that 12 mark Damon? uh who's that kane yeah uh i think he might be 11.9 but i'll just check 12 1 12 is it oh, 12 1 is he yeah oh, he's 12 1 no so yes he's still a bit more on the expensive side no definitely he had the two shots the three chances created with the goal and assist so he did show glimpses of the old Kane, so he is trending in the right position. And I think uh, their fixtures open up. I think uh, they've got three decent fixtures coming up. So I can see a lot of people possibly maybe going Kane and Lukaku up front or maybe just going Kane over Lukaku, which I wouldn't do, but that's just me. And in regards to Newcastle, it was good to see Wilson back, got on the score sheet, and I think 
they could be trending uh, up if Wilson stays fit and plays up front with St. Max. I could see them uh, combining for a few goals in the next probably six to eight weeks, but I don't think they're really relevant at all at the moment anyway until they uh, spend up in uh, January and get uh, Sterling in their team. So <laughs> anything you'd like to add on that, Ollie? Uh, oh, Newcastle, Damo, Newcastle. sorry. Yeah, that's all right. Ollie, you go first, mate. Newcastle Oil, as I'm now going to uh, to coin them with uh, with a takeover. Um, but yeah, I I even think that they'll they'll still go down in January because you, you you still think even with the money, players might not still want to go to St James's Park. You know, with the, with the team they've got, it's a shambles of a team. Uh, you think Steve Bruce will be out the door, so his favourites might not be able to be able to play. I think Wilson's still a decent asset if he stays fit, but. If he goes down, then the uh, Newcastle are in trouble. So Maximan's still relatively relevant. Um, so he's not a bad one. In terms of Harry Kane, um, he's got the game now to have his spark. Um, he's got his goal now, so that might kick him on. I still think you know you might need to give him one more week. If he scores this week, then he's definitely one on the radar. To have Kane and Son back could be quality. Um, I mean, I had Regulon earlier in the season. He got another assist. So. He's another option that I like. I got rid of him on my wild card, but I had him the first few weeks, and he was like real the real catalyst to my good start. Um, so Regulon isn't you know is ten percent just over ten percent ownership. Really bad run the next three. I said bad run. He's got West Ham, Man United, and Everton. But after that, his run's quite nice. So I don't mind him as a potential shout in the long term. But uh, but yeah, I don't think I'll be going near any Newcastle Tottenham assets in the uh, in the short term. What about you, Demo? Yeah, so for me, um, I think uh, it's time to sort of say goodbye to St. Max over the next couple of weeks. I'm going to keep him for Crystal Palace. Uh, then obviously they have Chelsea, so I think uh, that'll be the right time to move um, him on. Uh, so pending any injuries to my team, I think it's an easy swap St. Max to Tony. Um, I wouldn't be bringing in any Newcastle assets, so I'll just sort of read re- re- what um, Ollie said. Uh, in saying that, if you are sort of desperately short for cash down back. Uh, Manquilli, Manquilli, I can't even bloody say his Manquilli. name, Manquilli, yeah. Uh, it's good to have the pom on me so you can tell us how to say the bloody <laughs> names. Uh, he's a nice sheepy at 4.0. He's, you know, he's bobbed up with a couple of assists. I think he's scored a goal, if I'm not mistaken, over, uh, over the last couple of weeks. He's not a bad shout, but um, that's only if you're sort of desperate. I think Livermento is still the uh, premium four-point-something uh, four asset there. Um, in terms of Tottenham, uh, I'm probably not going to look at them for the next two, three weeks. Like, obviously, they've got the, the might and power of West Ham next week, and we'll do a number on them. Uh, and then they've got uh, your boys in Man United, so Man United probably do a number on them too. And I'm, I'm hoping Everton will uh, have a few plays back by then and do a number on them too. So I uh, can't really stand Tottenham that much. But uh, <laughs> so, oh, look, in all honesty, the, the the next three game weeks, I think is going to be a bit more challenging for them. I know they've sort of hit a little bit of form this week, but at the end of the day, as um, Ollie said, it's Newcastle. Um, <laughs> if you're going to be looking at Tottenham, I think if you bring in Kane, I think you have to bring in Son. So uh, I think it has to be a double up with the uh, Kane Sun double up, um, and again, if I look at that down that avenue, and it's a big if, um, I'd be looking targeting that Leeds game for that uh, in about three or four game weeks. But uh, I think it's wait and see. I still think Kane doesn't want to be there. 
Um, so, again, hopefully uh, uh, they don't do too well. But, uh, yeah, we'll see how we go. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to move on to the next game in uh, Arsenal and Palace. And I actually really liked this game. Uh, it was a, you know, high-scoring affair. I... Uh, I I was disappointed that Palace didn't um, snag all three points at the end. Uh, again, you know, being a, being a West Ham supporter, I want to see Arsenal not do that great. But, um, look, in terms of Arsenal assets, I think um, Aubameyang, uh, Young, uh, I, he's a good asset, but I just think he's just too expensive uh, at sort of like that 9.9, 10. You, you can't have everyone. Um, he's a differential shout. You know, the next three games, you know, they've got Villa, Leicester City, uh, Leicester City and Watford. So, again, you know, a great sort of run coming up. But I feel like, um, you know, you're going to – we're going to be looking at the – if you're going to look at uh, Tottenham, you know, your Canes, your Sons, still going to have Salah, we're still going to have Lukaku. There's, I don't think there's any room for him. Um, in terms of Palace – uh, if Gallagher doesn't do anything, and then I know their run again is pretty decent. Um, you know, obviously got uh, Newcastle next week, so I'll probably be starting Gallagher for that game. Then they've got City, Wolves, Burnley, and Villa. So, but if Gallagher doesn't do anything in the next couple of games, or actually probably give him three three game weeks, um, you're probably looking at moving him on to someone else. Um, Edward, another great game by him, but again. He's sort of in that position where he's 6.5. There's potentially better options uh, for cheaper, like in terms of Wang, who's starting now. Um, you know, Mwembo, who's cheaper. Oh, not Mwembo, sorry. Um, Tony, who's cheaper. So, again, it just depends on um, what you want, if you want a Palace um, player or not. Uh, how about yourself, uh, Q? Yeah, I sort of... Pretty much agree with most of the stuff he said there. I was actually looking at all bombing. I t- uh, text uh, the plonker this morning and I said, talk me out of trying to get him in. <laughs> and he said, don't get him in. So <laughs> it's <was> pretty good. <laughs> That's all you need. In the likes, uh, the likes of Edouard, he the last two games he's had one goal, five chances created and five key passes along with 91 touches. So I think he is trending in the right direction. But as you touched on, there's Tony, Hwang, and even sort of maybe moving up to another asset. Um, I just, yeah, it, it might be more of a differential play than um, a smart play, but I could actually see him scoring a few more, a few more goals over the next few weeks. And um, I don't know if you, you heard me complaining um, about Saka, but he got his calf muscle kicked off and went off the field <laughs> after about the 46th minute, which costed me a point because he was only on one point. So he... He finished on zero, so it was a decent return from our Arsenal assets this morning. It was um, a good watch. And then uh, bloody Ramsdale off his freak save um, stopped Gallagher from getting the return. So, mm. yeah, double disappointment for me this morning. What about you, Ollie? Yeah, I, had, I actually had the other player I had in the game this morning was McArthur, who <laughs> somehow didn't get a red card for, for GBH on Bakayo Saka. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, I'll take it because, obviously... A red card wouldn't have been helpful um, for my team, but, you know, he didn't end up getting one and he sits on the pine for the rest of the season. So, you know, we'll take the yellow card and run. Um, 
in terms of uh, Palace assets, I've actually brought one in this week who I've seen absolutely no one talk about. And it's a massive differential pick. So hear me out. Mark Gahey, Mark Gahey, 0.4% ownership. I brought him in today. He's nailed on for Palace, played every minute. Top defender, having seen him play for Swansea in the Championship after going alone from Chelsea multiple times there. He's a quality defender. Palace have got a good run of fixtures. It's an absolutely nobody mentioned Mark Gahey, and I think he could be an option. Oh, well, that's why you're on our pod, mate, because um, we need that type of insight. Yeah, I just saw him pop out, and you know, I know you've got a differential, a differential part, a differential part later on that I'll talk about him there because I think he is the ultimate player for that podcast. So I don't really want to mention him too much here, <laughs> but I tell you what, if that pulls off, I'm going to look like an absolute genius, and I can't wait. You might be hosting the FPL Addicts podcast next week if that works, mate. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't move Matt off his pedestal. He's too good for that. He's too good to do his opposite death. Um, well, that about wraps up the game uh, review. Uh, we might head into the differentials uh, this week. I sort of pointed out Cucurella as a differential, so he got five points. So I'll take that as a win. Um, heading into the next game week, I'm sort of looking at Tillemans from um, Leicester City. I think he's a good shout, and I think he he will continue his run of getting a return. What about you, Damo? Um, yeah, so for me, it's the Man City boys. So it's KDB, 3.1% owned. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if he's uh, sitting at about 20% owned in about two or three game weeks. Uh, and also Bernardo, 3.3% owned. Looks nailed. He's had two 10-plus hauls in, in the last month, so... Um, uh, I think uh, they're the way to go in terms of um, Man City assets. Uh, how about yourself, uh, Ollie? Oh, I, I'll, I'll talk about Mark Gay a bit more then, uh, while I've got a chance to. <laughs> like I said, 0.4% ownership. Um, can chip in with the odd goal, but hasn't done so far this season. Um, you might be scared off at the fact that, you know, Palace have shipped a lot of goals. If you look at the teams they've played, they've shipped three against Chelsea, two against West Ham. Shunned out Spurs, played Liverpool, Leicester and Arsenal. So they've played most of the big hitters already. They run now, Newcastle, Man City, which I can bench him for because he's the only Palace asset I've got. Then Wolves, Burnley, Villa, Leeds, Man United, Everton, Southampton, Watford before Christmas. I'll tell you what, the only fixture that I'm scared about there is Manchester City. Every other, and maybe United. Every other one there, I'm a massive fan of the fixtures. So I think Gway could be a great option. He's nailed, not missed a minute, as I say. 0.4% ownership, so no one in the mini-league is going to have him. If he gets a clean sheet, I don't think any like Palace players are well-owned outside of Conor Gallagher. There's definitely no Palace defenders that are well-owned. Um, I just do want to test my theory. Um, yeah, the most owned player is Gallagher, 7.8%, and Zaha, 6.9%, Edouard, 2.5%. If you look at the defenders for Palace, you're looking... Uh, Wacky Anderson, 0.5. Kiate 0.8. Mitchell, 0.7. So that might be a way in. Palace defence, none of them are highly owned. Decent run of fixtures. So that might be a, a way forward. Mate, I'm, I'm loving that shout, actually. I'll look more into it, but I think you've convinced me, mate. So I might be looking at a sort of a, a replacement for Semedo, So. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I just saw I just saw him, just saw, looked at it before because I wanted a replacement for Brandon Williams, who's not been playing. Uh, I just saw Mark Gay popped out, and obviously he was one player that no one knew anything about, and I had a little bit of an insight on because of because of following following the championship and seeing him play so well, and all yeah. the talk about about Mark, about Swansea's defence and the run to play a final was Mark Gay and Freddie Woodman, 
and Mark Gay is a top defender. So I just thought maybe he might be an option for me. I can use my, my knowledge that I've got from the championship and maybe bring him in. So I thought that this might be the chance. I've, I've already pulled the trigger. I've taken a hit to bring in Lukaku, not to bring in Mark Gahey, but I think Gahey could be, <laughs> could, be a, could be a decent player to bring in. Newcastle at home looks like a probable clean sheet. And then yeah. also Wolves at Selhurst Park and then Burnley at, at Turf Moor. So decent run. Their, their home supports some of the best in the league, so that might help them. I'm, I'm actually, you know, hoping that this works out because if it does... I don't mind it. I'm a fan of it already. I know I'll blow my own trumpet here, but but I will because it's a bit of an out there pick. Yeah, no, I like it. And who said there's no benefits of being a Blackburn City um, supporter, mate? You wouldn't have seen that stuff if you weren't watching championship football. Uh, yeah, I mean, being a being a Blackburn fan's you know different at times and it's tough at times, but being a being a Rovers fan, you know, there's some benefits to following different leagues because you can get some insight that no one else has got. You've got that little. Um, little edge um, at times. So I'm going to try and use it to my advantage. Nah, I like it. Um, a couple of players I've put on the watch list is obviously just the Man City midfield. I sort of, I'm still not sold on what's happening there, whether KDB is actually now or whether he's going to suffer the pep rotation. But I sort of just pretty much put their midfield as a watch and Rashford as well just to see how he goes over the next probably three to four game weeks to see if he is actually going to get the start. Because then if he does, he's primed for the picking when their fixtures open back up. What about you, Damo? Uh, for me, probably Mane and Kane are the two that um, plays on the watch list to see how they go and then um, to, to potentially look into getting them in. Uh, Ollie? Um, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not sure with, with Man City. I've stayed, off, I've stayed off them all season. So... I don't think I'll go there again, um, at least in the short term. I think the thing with me, if you're paying so much, especially in defence, right? If you look at it, you want if you're paying that much for a defender, you want them to be playing every week. <laughs> and with Diaz dropped, um, you know, Cancelo's been dropped in the past. You know, you don't know who's nailed. So I've not under City asset all season. And as good as Chris as it might sound, as good a Team City are, I don't plan on doing either. Yeah. No, it's decent. Um, we might hit the shit the bed segment. Um, just someone that was underwhelming, and I just put uh, Aston Villa was pretty much the definition of shit the bed, <laughs> in my opinion, this week. And uh, I sort of popped Ronaldo in as well. But, yeah, you can't give up a 2-0 lead and then lose 3-2. So what about uh, you, Damo? I can see yeah. <laughs> You just, uh, just see me change that one. Um, Maguire, 100% Maguire. <laughs> just uh, for, a, for a player that um, was so highly touted at Leicester, just absolutely buggered that that uh, play up. So I'm putting him in the uh, truly shit the beds uh, six uh, <laughs> candidate. Uh, potentially of the season. Uh, have it yourself, Ollie. I think... To be honest, I think James McArthur would have had would have would have been crapping himself <laughs> being my brown pants after his tackle on Saka. But um, but no, I think I agree with the uh, with the Villa shout because as I know this week, throwing away two goal leads is is horrible, um, and Maguire was pretty woeful. Um, I'm gonna mention Palace, and I think they deserve to win, but. It's just heartbreak conceding late, isn't it? So it's just it's just painful. So Palin's very unlucky this morning, and it's harsh to include them in here, but I, but I'm going to. 
Nah, it's fair shout. Um, we might get into the mailbag questions. Um, first one we got up is how long do you hold onto Ronaldo and Lukaku as they both let down managers over the last few weeks? Um, what replacements would you pick for Ronaldo? Well, uh, oh, you go first, yeah. Sally. It's just it's just that I've, that I've had this problem myself. Um, I'm getting rid of Ronaldo this week. In fact, I've already done it. So that's that. And you, you hold Lukaku. You don't get rid of him. He's, if you've held him all this long, you keep him for his run. Norris yeah. this week is bagging a hat-trick. And then all the questions to to get rid of Lukaku are shelved. Um, and better, better still, you probably captain him this week too. Um, but Ronaldo, I think you jump off jump off as early this week. And Vardy is the ideal replacement for both. If you, I mean, you, you shouldn't be getting rid of Lukaku, but if you are, Vardy is the ideal replacement for either of them. Yeah, I think, I think you summed that up nicely. Um, I, I do the same thing. Uh, and potentially, if you don't have Lukaku, I'd be going Ronaldo Lukaku this week. But uh, the Vardy shout's great. Um, definitely looking at, at him. Uh, Q, anything else from, from yourself? No, that's pretty much sums up. I mean, if you are trying to save money, obviously look at your Tonys and maybe your, your wing, stuff like that. But, yeah, definitely I'd go the Vardy if, you, if money's not an issue. I think if um, you want, uh, before we sort of move on, um, I think if you want KDB, potentially, the you know, Ronaldo down to Huang and then upgrade your midfield to get to KDB. So that, that's my thoughts sort of on that one, if you do want KDB. Yeah, um, no, definitely. Next question. Um, Tillman's Vardy double up, is that viable for the next three weeks? I would say uh, it looks attractive, but I'd probably go one or the other. What about you guys? Yeah, I'm um, the exact same, but I'd probably lean towards Vardy if I'm going Leicester anyway. So that's, um, yeah, that's that's me, Ollie. I would entertain the idea of both, um, especially seeing as how well Tillman's is playing at the moment. Um if you were to say to me right now, I'm going to go Tillman's and Vardy as a double up, I'd say that's a great shout. It's slightly risky, but I, I don't mind it. They've got a decent run. They've got Brentford, which probably is a bit unfair to have them as a two on the FDR. That should probably at least be a three. Arsenal, you know, a bit of a you know mixed bag and Leeds look woeful. Chelsea, then Watford, then Southampton. Yeah, I, I'd entertain a double up. No, it's it's it does look attractive. So, but I guess it's just preference on whether maybe some people might be able to get Vardy. They've got Lukaku and someone else up front. So, but anyway, um, Mendy and Edison. Is it worth having a def- defensive asset in those two sides to avoid rotation? I um, yeah, I was gonna say I've never been one to have um, a goalkeeper such, such an expensive goalkeeper for me. You stick to a four point five goalkeeper and just ride out the season. Whether you have one or two of them. Um, and then you just go from there. That's that's um, what I'd say. So I'd say no. I'd say no. Um, Q, yourself? Yeah, it's, I don't know. It's, I, I can't really talk much on defensive assets because I've had a absolute horrid run picking up Alonso and then getting him straight back out. So I could see a lot of managers just frustrated with rotation risk and maybe doing it. But, yeah, for me, I don't like spending any more than sort of the 5.0 for a goalkeeper. But, yeah, that's just me. What about you, Ollie? I mean, to be fair, I did have Edison for a lot of last season when Man City had what well, it felt like twenty clean sheets in a row, and that worked out really well for me. So I can see the benefits, but I think there's so many goalkeepers at four point five that I that I'm not going to this season. Um, I think if you're going to look at Man City and Chelsea assets, if you if you've got someone like a Diaz or a Rudiger, or I mean, I, not Rudiger, Rudiger's a good option. 
But if you've got a player maybe like Alonso who you're scared of getting dropped, then I could I could see a Mendy at a similar price because he's not going to get dropped. He's nailed on. So I actually don't mind it if you're if you're trying to go heavy in defence. Yeah. I would entertain it. But for someone who's stayed away from going heavy in defence this season, and me going Duffy and Livermento and the like, I'm not going to do it. But if you are going heavy in defence, I really like the strategy of Edison and Mendy because there is no rotation risk. And I think they're the only two players, respective in their sides, that there is completely no risk whatsoever of them getting dropped. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. Um, where do we stand if Leeds? I think we answered this earlier. Um, their fixtures are pretty decent and probably the only person I would be keeping is Rafinha because I could still see him getting uh, attacking returns even when sort of they're not doing too well. What about you guys? Yeah, I agree. No, Rafinha um, and then Daylight. What about you, Ollie? Do you have anything to add on that or are you pretty much the same? Well, Rafinha is such a good asset for Leeds, isn't he? He's the yeah. only Leeds asset at the moment. He He looks like you know, if you're going to put it in in real life terms, it's you know it's it's, it's men against boys kind of thing, or men you know <laughs> in the same team because literally he's keeping their team afloat. He's keeping their team. If, if he goes down, then then Leeds are going to go down the table, aren't they? Because they don't have anyone else at this point. Bamford's out injured. Their defense looks like it's made out of paper mache. Um, <laughs> so really, it's it's Rafinha or bust. Um, he will play this week against Wolves. And he might be able to help them to a win, but I think elsewhere, don't be going to all road for assets. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Ronaldo to Ron, uh, Ron to Rom. I think, um, yeah, definitely a yeah. bit going to Lukaku if you don't like Vardy. So definitely. Um, yeah, I agree. Best uh, Joda replacement. Um, that's a tough one. I'd probably maybe even go down to Burmo at that. I think he's 5.6 at the moment. I'd probably – I like that shout, actually, rather than sort of going Tony up front. I think you might be uh, getting more points through him than Tony. So, But that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, for me, it's Embuemo, uh, Rafinha, if you don't have him, uh, Gallagher potentially as well, um, sort of at that um, cheap price range. There's not too many other ones uh, for mine. Uh, how about yourself, Folly? All that you have mentioned plus your elements. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, might get into his, another question that's come through. Um, Aubameyang or Vardy? Vardy. Yeah. You beat you beat me to it. Um, yeah, definitely Vardy by the uh, uh, by quite a quite a long way. Yeah. No, I sort of. I'm a. I'm probably the president of the Aubameyang fan club, so. <laughs> well, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll go with Vardy over that one as well. Um, that about wraps up the questions. Uh, we might get on to just a special question that we usually ask the guest on the pod, Ollie, if you're keen to answer, mate. 100%. I've seen the question and I've got a controversial take. Not not about <laughs> the question, but a slight, um, slight tangent I'm about to go off, but fire away. Uh, where do you keep your tomato sauce slash ketchup? In the fridge or the pantry? It's in the fridge, but that, I don't think that's too controversial. What is controversial is it goes in the fridge alongside the bread. So digest that. Bread in the fridge? Yep. In all honesty, Ollie, that's not so controversial. I'm not a fan of the bread in the fridge, but my (laughs) wife is. 
to the point where we now buy separate loaves of bread. I keep my bread, <laughs> I keep my bread in the pantry, and she keeps her bread in the fridge. So, um, but you are right with the uh, tomato sauce sliced ketchup. Definitely in the fridge. Uh, well, I'm asking for both of those, by the way, by by all my friends. They'll say, "What are you doing, keeping ketchup and bread in the fridge?" I'm like, "That's just the way I roll. It's the way I've grown up. Let me have it." <laughs> How about yourself, Q? Um, well, I'm in two places here. I I like the sauce in the fridge for when you're having hot food. It cools it down a little bit, but. When you're having, I guess, like a sandwich, a cold sandwich, I like the hot sauce on the top. So I like the pantry sauce for the sandwiches. But <laughs> so me. you've got two? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and another question, Ollie, from our last week's pod. Are you a scruncher or a folder, mate? Folder, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was unanimous, <laughs> except for the one um, bloke on uh, Twitter that said he has a shower. So. <laughs> I mean, I do that. I do that. Um you know, if I don't, yeah, I, I do that a lot actually. That's a great shower. So not quite an honor, uh, not quite um, the only person there. So if, if I don't have a shower, I'll, I'll, I'll fold. But you know, I probably, you know, we'll have a shower most of the time. Wasn't prepared for that. You said you weren't going to curve for me. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! <laughs> okay, I might get on to the team plans for this week. Um, I'm pretty much looking at either going. Ronaldo to Vardy or Ronaldo to Lukaku. But then I've also looked at Ronaldo to Tony and then going um, Saka to KDB. So at the moment, I'm in two minds. What about you guys? Uh, for myself, I'll actually, before I say what, I'll, what I'm going to do, uh, I, Q, if you can not go Lukaku and just not spoil him for all of us, uh, I'm pretty sure he's going to absolutely fire up against Norwich. So I, I'd rather keep the points to, to myself and sort of overtake you. So if you want to hold off on, on Lukaku, so that, that'll be great. That'll be great. That's awesome. You do that. Um, in terms of myself, I think I'm just going to hold this week. Um, I've already taken a few sort of hits and things like that and that haven't sort of worked out. Um, so I'm just going to hold steady. Um, I'm really looking at like that KDB option um, or sort of like potentially one of the Man City boys. So I'm just going to hold and then just reassess when I have two, two frees. Uh, yourself, um, Ollie? Uh, I am taking my second hit of the season and it will be the first of two hits in two weeks. I'm taking back-to-back hits, I'm planning. Um, <laughs> the first of which is to um, go to from Ronaldo to Lukaku, put the armband on Lukaku and go from Brandon Williams to Mark Gahey to short, uh, to short my defence. And then for next week, I'm going to then plan to get rid... Uh, sorry, Go up from uh, MacArthur to Embuemo and then go from Ben Foster to Aaron Ramsdale Rye, one of the two. That's a good shout. Hopefully you get off MacArthur in time before he gets a red card, mate. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how he didn't get one this morning, but like, <laughs> like I say, we'll take it. Uh, every time I look at my teammate, that's all I can think of when I see Saka and the yellow flag. Every time I look at my team, I, I just see <laughs> MacArthur now on the bench. It's like saying... You've done your job, mate. You've done your job. <laughs> no, nah, that's a good shout. Um, that about wraps up the pod this week. I'd like to thank you again, Ollie, for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. It's been a pleasure to be on here. Thanks for having us, lads. It's been a lot of fun.
Nah, it's all good. Um, head over to our socials, FPL underscore amateur underscore Oz and FPL West Ham for all of Damo's content. And head over to Ollie Walker Peel and the Addicts Boys because they have some great stuff. Their podcasts are absolutely banging. So definitely a good watch. And head over to our Facebook, EPL Fantasy Amateurs of Oz. And our podcast will be on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. Good luck next week. Thanks, lads. Mm-hmm.